Today's episode of The Shalene Show is sponsored by our friends at Organifi. At the height of my fitness career, I lived on protein shakes and protein bars, and they made me gassy and bloated and uncomfortable. And the second I stopped eating those and consuming those things, I never had gas again. So I was really afraid to try any other protein powders. On a whim, I recently ordered the chocolate protein powder from Organifi, and lo and behold, not surprisingly, no gas. You know, I don't know if that's an issue for you, but for me it was. Anyways, I want to share with you my favorite protein shake recipe right now. I take a scoop of the chocolate protein powder from Organifi. Then I pour in the remainder of my coffee from the morning that because I never drink my whole cup. I pour in the rest of my coffee into the chocolate. Then I put in a half a banana and two heaping teaspoons of PB2, which is like a powdered peanut butter. Add ice and blend a little bit of water so you get the perfect consistency. Maybe a stevia or two, and I'm telling you, it is the most delicioso recipe you will ever try. Now, if you already have your favorite protein powder, no problem. But Organifi is the company that I really trust for all of my nutritional needs. Anything that might be missing from my diet. I try to eat a whole foods diet. I try to eat real foods. I try not to eat processed foods. But let's face it, even if you're trying to be as perfect as possible, you're not always going to get in all your nutrients. Organifi is 100% organic. They have a prolific array of products that basically you can mix with water and get whatever nutrients you might be missing from your diet to improve your brain health, your immune system, sleep, you name it. If it's missing in your diet, they've got it. It's 100% organic, and you get 20% off when you go to Organifi. I'm going to spell it for you. It's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com, Organifi.com forward slash Shalene. You use code Shalene, and you're going to get 20% off of everything. Again, it's Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash Shalene. Use code Shalene for 20% off. Hey, what's going on? Thank you so much for being here today. I am always grateful to have you listen to the show. We're keeping it very light today. We're going to talk about some different shows that I think you might want to watch. You don't need to take any notes. I'll put this all in like a graphic and then I'll post it on my Instagram stories and I will also post it inside the pod squad so you can look for it there. And just to give you a little warning, I'm also preparing a show on what to listen to some amazing Audible books. And I, and I want to do Audible books because you're a podcast listener, so I'm just assuming you prefer books that are on Audible. But anyways, the reason why I'm not including that today is because when I started creating this list of all the things that you might want to watch, I realized, oh, this is going to be a long show. And then I posted to my Instagram stories, are there any great Audible books I need to listen to? And I got so many good recommendations so I want to go through a couple more of the new ones that people have recommended before I create that show. So today we'll just talk about what to watch. Yeah, so this week's episodes, like Monday and Wednesday, I didn't mean for them to be heavy, but apparently they were. Monday I talked about ambiguous grief, the kind of grief where you just can't put your finger on it because it's gone or the person's gone, but maybe there's no explanation, there's no closure but yet it's never going to be the same or you you may never see that person again or you may never be able to do that thing again or it's just you might be grieving like just a major change. Like a lot of moms go through this when their kids go away to college. They, they feel that ambiguous grief. 
I know many of you wrote to me in the pod squad and said that that episode helped you so much, especially with parents when they have maybe experienced a stroke or Alzheimer's or I got a private message from a gal who said when she divorced her husband or when she and her husband divorced, I should say, one of her daughters just stopped talking to her. And to this day, they exchange very few words and she doesn't know why. Oh my gosh, I can't imagine that kind of grief. So it was, I got some great feedback on that one. It, it wasn't like a heavy show, but you know, we're talking about grief and grief is heavy, but hopefully that provided some comfort to some of you. So if you haven't listened to that one, that was on Monday. And then on Wednesday, it was just me rambling. I talked about this very strange phenomenon of groupthink, which I think society is heading towards. I think there's a lot of it. And groupthink is so dangerous. In fact, some of the documentaries I'm going to talk about today kind of tap into that subject. But whenever I do an episode like that where, you know, I'm not the expert on the subject, it's just kind of my observations, and there's no one here that I'm talking to and bouncing ideas off of, I feel so nervous when I produce those episodes, (laughs) kind of for some of the reasons that I talked about in that episode, which is, am I missing something? Like, is there someone listening who's like, uh, wait a second, what about this? But I, I can't hear them, and I, I haven't thought about that. But if they were in the room and they were to say, nah, I don't know, what about this? I might agree with them. You know what I mean? And so whenever I do an episode like that, I always feel kind of weird. I want to put a disclaimer on it. Like, I, I don't have notes in front of me. This is off the top of my head. I might have missed some things. Doing a podcast like that is or even just doing any kind of a solo podcast where you're sharing your opinion. That's the whole thing is like, it's just my opinion. I'm not trying to force it on anyone. And that was the whole point of the show. But yet you also know that there are going to be people who have opposing opinions. You just have to have thick skin. You have to know that you're going to forget to say something. You're going to leave something out. You're going to misspeak. And people are going to take every single word and pick it apart not everybody, but there, there's going to be those people out there that do that. And you just have to know it goes with the territory. I wanted that episode to be thought-provoking, and apparently it was. So thank you for your feedback. You can always share your opinion as long as it is done in a way that's respectful. And as long as you're not attacking somebody else. Inside our pod squad, it's a Facebook group for people who listen to the show. There's always a link in our show notes. And that's also where you'll see a list of the episodes I'm going to talk about today. My voice sounds super hoarse, doesn't it? I feel like I've been really hoarse the last like two or three weeks. I cannot wait for those of you who are in our Patreon. I cannot wait for you to listen to tomorrow's episode. Oh boy, I I just remembered so many stories and I think you're going to find it Super funny. I hope you also find it very relatable. The other thing that I was going to put in that I haven't, I think I probably will. I think I probably will. So, okay, trigger warning for the Christians out there who feel like that anything related to the paranormal or mediums or psychics or intuitives is sacrilegious. And, you know, I understand. That's fine. That's your opinion. I find it entertaining. That's all. I did have a reading last week, and I'm thinking that I'm going to, I'm not sure if I'm going to put like the whole, because I think, I don't know, would that be boring to hear someone's reading? Maybe I'll put some of the highlights or pieces that I thought were interesting or entertaining anyways, and I'll put it in the Patreon episode. Again, it's for entertainment purposes. Obviously, when it comes to answers, I know who to look to, but I I did find it interesting, and I've got some, some observations 
that I will save for the Patreon so you can look forward to that tomorrow morning. All right, let's talk about these shows you need to watch. All right, the first couple of shows definitely have a theme, a theme of basically very manipulative scammers. So you probably know what some of these shows are going to be. Versus Bad Vegan. If you haven't seen Bad Vegan, I think that one is really fascinating. It's the story of this woman. Her name is Sarma. I can't remember her last name, but she was just like beautiful, vivacious, really super intelligent, charismatic young woman in New York who became a restaurateur. And she had this really unique restaurant in New York that was just they just served raw vegetables, raw like raw vegan restaurant, if you will. And it became incredibly popular. And she was like the it girl. And so the docu-series shows the ways that she becomes entangled, <laughs> the entanglement, she becomes entangled and really victimized by this guy who she falls in love with playing an online game. And he is bad news. And he's not cute, by the way, <laughs> in my opinion. They're just so oddly mismatched in every way you could possibly imagine. What's really kind of interesting about this particular documentary is for some reason, I can't remember why she mentions it. So she's being interviewed in the documentary right from the beginning. Like she's talking directly to camera. So I've got some interesting observations after you watch it, but so I think that she was filming the documentary thinking it was going to be very favorable for her. It was going to show her in a light that she would agree with. And she happened to have had all of these recordings of their phone calls. And you can just hear the master manipulation. And you can, as you're watching the documentary, you see her begin to become smaller and smaller and smaller, a smaller person. Does that make sense? Like emotionally, you can feel him breaking her down. But at the same time, she's able to just keep giving him more money and more money and more money. And it's just, you're just going to sit there with your jaw hanging open and you're going to say, what? Why would she fall for this? And that's almost the theme in a couple of these documentaries. But this one's really interesting because of some things you're not going to see in the show, but that I'm just going to tell you, I've since learned from doing a little deep dive. And that is that she... This is just my opinion. It was really interesting to me how quickly and how easily she was able to raise insane amounts of money from these older, very wealthy men. And, you know, they just kind of make a brief mention of it. I think it's a brief mention in the documentary that she slept with her uh, attorney who was married and had children at the time. And she had a relationship with Louis C.K., I don't know. I think he's gross and disgusting. He's a comedian who got, you know, all caught up in the Me Too movement. Anyways, I just, it just, watch the documentary. Something doesn't add up. And you meet her family because, you know, your girl always goes back to like, okay, so what happened in her childhood? That she would fall prey to someone who is such an obvious manipulator. Like this guy's like the perfect cult leader. And when you meet her family, you're like, it doesn't make sense. They're so cute. And they seem, but you, you just... Y'all, you never know what's happening behind closed doors. You just don't know what people's true story is unless you hear it. That show is on Netflix. It's four episodes. Each episode's like about an hour. So lots to watch there. Inventing Anna. So this one is just funny. It's a documentary, but it's also been made into a movie. And it's about this German heiress who has, I mean, she's got quick wit. 
and a great wardrobe and a very interesting accent. I could do it for you. I have to think about it. But she moves to New York and just decides to like invent this personality. And she wants to be known as like a rich aristocrat, basically. And she's young. She's like in her 20s. And it's a story of how this woman basically conned her way into living this incredibly lavish lifestyle on private planes and going on yachts and buying extravagant wardrobes and eating in the finest restaurants, staying in the finest hotels. And I don't know about you, but I'm like, how, how do people do this? I do not understand. First of all, how do you do it? And with a conscience, number one. Number two is how do people fall for this? Like, it, it's just, it, it blows my mind. You have to have a different kind of personality. And so she's been all over pop culture. Here's what I like about Inventing Anna. The first episode, you're gonna be like, I can't get into this. I cannot get into this. Her accent is too weird. And so you're going to think that the actress isn't a great actress because the accent is so weird. But no, her accent is spot freaking on. But you're still gonna watch that first episode and you're gonna be like, what? But if you just stay with it, you're just going to get wrapped up into it and you're going to be you're going to be so into it and you're going to start imitating Anna Delvey's voice and she's just so intolerable that you almost love to hate her does that make sense you know she's just like why do you look like that are you pregnant are you just really really fat oh my god that's disgusting what even clothes are these they look like something a poor person would wear like and you think to yourself who would <laughs> Who would ever want to spend time with someone like that? But it here's my take on it. It's the mean girl. It's that girl that no one really thought that much about her, but she was she carried herself in such a way and she just kind of looked down on everyone else to the point that people would fall over themselves trying to impress her. I don't know if you had a girl like that at your high school, but I think most people did. Anyways, inventing Anna, it's nine episodes. So that's a fun binge, and they're about 45 minutes to an hour, Netflix. Okay, just to mix things up, I listened to my pod squad, who last time I did some recommendations, they're like, wait, there's no like sci-fi or like fantasy stuff. This is all so dark. We need something fun that the family can watch. So I got you. I checked in with my girlfriend, Anne, Anne Stevenson. Shout out to her because she's the queen for this stuff. So the first one I want to start with was her highest rated. She said the whole family will love it. It is on Netflix and it's called Raising Dion. She said the whole family will love it. They're on their second season. Not that I don't trust my girl, but I did go to Google and it has like super high ratings and even from Rotten Tomato. I mean, the reviews are absolutely raving. A lot of people talk about how when you watch a show like this, you can usually like figure out the plot line, but this is one that will always have you guessing and that you literally fall in love with the characters, good and bad, includes a lot of awkward and funny and uneasy social situations, but again, family appropriate, apparently. And the way Anne described it is, she said it's kind of like superheroes, but it's also people who have like supernatural strength. I don't know. I haven't seen it, but she raved about it. I trust her, so it's on my list. Next up is C, and you can find that on Apple TV. You have Apple TV, right? Like, I mean, everyone needs Apple TV. Apple TV is the best. Anyway, so it is C on Apple TV. They are in their second season. And you know, whenever you see a show has multiple seasons, you you know it's a good one, right? 
And this sounds really very interesting. So it's about a 21st century virus. So I'm already in. And this virus wipes out everyone's sight. And so everyone has to figure out how to live, how to survive. Like basically society changes because everyone is blind. It's phenomenal. It's in its second season. It's on Apple TV. I'm excited. It's on my list. Next up, this one, Anne gave it a an 8 out of 10. She says, it's good. It's good. It's not like the best, but it's good, especially if you're looking for sci-fi. It's called Invasion, and it is on Apple TV. And apparently, it it kind of makes you think about how you would handle an alien invasion. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get into that. Like, I'm definitely going to watch Raising Dion. I love the idea of C. I'm going to watch that one, too. But Invasion, eh, maybe not. I really find myself thoroughly entertained by watching documentaries that expose evil. And I know not everyone likes that, but like for me, I'm just like, I don't know. It makes me feel like I'm more aware of what is happening in the world and how to be more careful and how to spot these people. I love that they are being exposed for who they are. And I just keep asking myself, like, when will this stop happening? Will there ever come a day that predators don't exist? Probably not. I don't know. But I'd like to think that because we're exposing their ways and their methodology and the way that they groom people, the way that they engage people in groupthink, the way that cults start, the way that these personalities take hold on otherwise very intelligent people. I don't know. I feel like at some point we're all going to watch enough documentaries and we're not going to fall for this stuff. All right. Moving on to the next swindler would be tinder swindler you probably already seen it but if you haven't it's worth a watch again especially if you're doing any kind of online dating i want you to watch this i've sent it to all of my girlfriends who are single i'm like please watch this show this one's a true documentary where they are interviewing women who were swindled by this guy on tinder and you you're just not again you're gonna go how do people fall for this but try to imagine yourself in your 20s before we knew all of this was happening, before there were documentaries like this, think about yourself having this dream to meet this rich guy who comes from a family of princes and diamond dealers, and he is telling you all the things you want to hear and sweeps you off your feet, and you're just head over heels. And the thing that these people all have in common, first of all, secrecy, A lot of things I can't tell you because it's too dangerous. Major master manipulators like all of these people are so good at gaslighting. And, you know, people who are narcissists, they can sniff out vulnerabilities from 100 miles away. They also go very slow. Like they they know how to start with a love bombing, to start by telling whoever it is they're going to swindle all the things that they want to hear. And almost like setting the stage so that when your intuition kicks in, you're like, this is weird that they're asking me for money. But then you think back and you're like, you know, but he did buy me a Rolex and I saw all those photos and he's got a private jet. You know, so you start questioning yourself and they're, again, just master manipulators and they know how to flip it on you in two seconds flat. All right. The next one I want to tell you about, I don't love it, but somebody in your house might love it. It's called Trust No One. 
Tinder Swindler, by the way, is on Netflix. Okay, so Trust No One, also on Netflix. It's a short pick. It's like an hour and 30 minutes. So if, you have, if you've gone through everything else, I would probably put this one almost last on your list. But if you're really into that, like how do people fall for this, the scams, etc. This was kind of an interesting one. Now, they talk about Bitcoin currency or cryptocurrency, but I don't understand cryptocurrency. I don't get it. I mean, we have a little bit of money invested in it, very tiny little bit, because Brett doesn't really... He's not really a fan of it either. So the good news is you just need to understand like a little bit about cryptocurrency, basically that it is an alternate way to exchange funds. That's really all you need to know because the story isn't about cryptocurrency. The story details, however, how this one guy, I think his name is Jerry Cotton, who is the man responsible from stealing, I mean, so much money, I think millions from investors And he ended up faking his own death. He has this beautiful wife that's involved in it. But most of the cast of characters are like millennials. It's just, it's it's interesting. I will say it moves a little slower than what I like. But I did like that it was, it felt pretty balanced, but it's not super sensationalized. It's interesting. Okay, moving on. Let's talk about a show on Prime. So Amazon Prime, Lucy and Desi. I've just started watching this. I mean, when I say just, I just started watching it, but I've been dying to watch it. I cannot wait to watch it. Apparently, it chronicles the relationship between Lucille Ball, who I loved. I mean, I grew up watching I Love Lucy. Didn't I mean, just loved her. I felt like I knew her. I loved Desi. And this is a documentary that really kind of breaks down how their romance and private lives were so different and so opposed to their professional success. So there's a lot of archival footage. I think it's, you know, for me, there's so much nostalgia in it. There's some home movies. And you really do get to hear Lucy and Desi and their family tell their own story. And it's also a quick one. You know, it's not a whole series. I think it's, you know, under two hours. Again, that one's on Amazon Prime. And if you grew up watching I Love Lucy, I think that is a must. Okay. Okay, this next one is perfect when, you know, when you've finished watching your shows and you're like, well, we don't really need to go to bed for another 30 minutes. What else can we watch? And you really don't want to start another documentary. I I got one for you. It's called When We Were Bullies. It just came out. It's on HBO Max and it's like 35 minutes. And it's so interesting. The Okay, first let me tell you about the concept. So it's a true story about this guy who grew up in New York City in It's the story of an incident that happened in his fifth grade class in 1965. And the incident involves the whole class bullying one kid in 1965. And it's haunted him, the man who made the documentary, like all his life. And what's crazy, I mean, can you remember anything about your fifth grade year? I mean, maybe a little teeny tiny detail. Well, it is crazy. He goes back and he interviews every single person in his fifth grade class, with the exception of three who have passed. And every single person remembers incredible detail about their fifth grade year. For all of them, it was one of the most, I think, like pivotal and memorable moments of their childhood because of this one particular incident. And he actually goes back and tracks down his fifth grade teacher. She's 94 years old. And you're going to fall in love with her because she just puts this perspective on the whole thing 
that you're like, yeah, oh my gosh. And there's such a twist when they interview her that you're you're just going to fall in love with her. And the story will get you thinking about, you know, were, were you a bully? Were you mean to someone? Was there a kid in your class who got picked on? Was it you? And what lasting impact does it have? Like, So when I watched that movie, I remembered two incidents where I definitely was picking on someone or being mean just because everybody else was. And what? And I'm not going to tell you about either of them because I'm ashamed. I'm embarrassed. Even though they're like little things, I, I do think back and, gosh, hope that the, that person wasn't affected by that. I hope that they've forgotten. Kids are dumb. Kids say things they, they don't even realize how much they might hurt and what's really going on at home for some of these kids. You know, and I mean, I got picked on too. I got beat up. And sure, I, there was different points in my life where I was a target as a kid, but I never felt like the underdog, if that makes sense. I mean, there were times where I knew I was being picked on because of circumstances, but I do think back on a couple of instances. One was, like I said, I think probably in fourth grade. Another one, it's about the time when girls start doing those sleepovers. And let's see, that was pro- probably like sixth grade. I think of an incident then. And I just feel bad. I feel guilt. I feel terrible. I feel remorse. So I wonder if when you watch it, you'll have those same feelings. But here's what's really neat. About, I mean, the way this thing was filmed, I loved. He didn't have a lot of footage. He didn't have any footage from 1965. He's got some older footage from like, you know, stock footage from that era. And he's got photos of every classmate. And he interviews every single classmate, but you don't actually see him interviewing them in person. And I'm not going to spoil the story, but it's such a unique artistic way of telling the story with illustrations and photos. It's it's really remarkable. I loved it. Brett was like, when we it finished, he goes, well, that was dumb. I'm like, what, what do you mean that was dumb? He's like, it was really dumb. Like we never, there's no resolution. I'm like, well, not everything has a resolution. Sometimes you just, you simmer on it and you reflect and you think about it and you process it. I don't know. (laughs) He's still mad that I made him watch it. I loved it. He did not. Oh, back to to Master Manipulators. Actually, this one I'm not really sure about. The Dropout. It's on Hulu. It's the story of Elizabeth Holmes. I can do a, a phenomenal Elizabeth Holmes impersonation too, by the way, but it won't make any sense to you until you watch the show. This was, I wasn't gonna watch this because I listened to probably five different podcasts about the story. I found it very fascinating because I do remember watching her. I do remember being just mesmerized and and enamored with like this woman who I'm like, yes, this is so cool. It's this woman leading the way in science. And she was a female founder of a company called Theranos. And Theranos was this company that developed supposedly this technology that could do all these different blood tests, like basically tell you if you had cancer from a single drop of blood. That was their marketing tagline. And like many guys in Silicon Valley, where you're building something, a startup, you're building something that doesn't yet exist, right? But hers was a little different because it went too far. I mean, that's what everyone does in Silicon Valley. They're they're finding investors, they're raising seed capital, they're building a startup, they build these amazing buildings, you know, think Google. I mean, Silicon Valley is filled with guys, mainly, who have these startups and they are getting people to donate, not donate, sorry, invest, <laughs> donate. Yeah. I need someone to donate to me. They get all these people to to invest 
millions and millions and millions of dollars on a concept. The problem is Elizabeth went too far and apparently a judge found and a jury found that she knew that the technology wasn't there and they started running tests and giving people false results. The backstory is that she gets kind of caught up with this older manipulative man who's like much older and he was once a billionaire and then he becomes her boyfriend. And it's it's just, it's really well done. The actors in it are phenomenal. It is obviously a true story. There's some things that I really like. Like, I don't think she's a master manipulator or a narcissist like some of these other people. I don't. I, this is my personal opinion. I think she got caught up and took it too far and didn't know how to get out from underneath it. And I, I, I'm not saying that she didn't cause people a lot of damage and a lot of pain. I just don't think she's the same kind of sociopathic, psychopath, whatever you want to call it, giving all these people these labels, that you see in some of these other documentaries about people who swindle people out of money. I think hers is a little different, but time will tell. You know, you'll have your own take on it. That one is on Hulu. It's eight episodes, and most of the episodes are out. Like when it, at first they were releasing them like one a week, I'm like, come on already. I can't even remember what happened last week. But now there's a whole bunch of them, so you can, I think you can at least binge the first, I don't know, probably at least five. Okay. Bridgerton. I'm not going to talk about Bridgerton because I did watch the first season and second season or whatever season. There's a new season of Bridgerton out and Brett really, really, really wants to watch it. And I know everybody loves that show that's on Netflix. But with my ADHD, you can't look down for a second. No daydreaming allowed. If you daydream or your mind wanders off to think about how beautiful the wigs are, if you allow your mind to think, huh, I wonder how long it took them to get ready and into those costumes every day. If you do anything like that, you're going to lose a piece of the plot. And then you're going to have to ask your husband, what what do they mean? And your husband's going to get angry with you because you're going to have to ask that 17 million times. And so I want to stay married. I've been married for 27 years. I want to continue to have a happy marriage. And we can't do that if we're going to watch a show where I have to be like leaning forward, taking notes, my eyes taped open and focusing as hard as I can. Like that, I feel like it's just one of those shows. Are you with me? There are just certain shows where like, if you are not paying super close attention, you're gonna get lost. So I don't think that one's great for those of you who have ADHD, but the storylines, the plot, the acting, the costumes, the cinematography, it's just beautiful. So maybe we will indulge in watching it. And I'll just tell Brett, like I I promise I'm not gonna ask any questions and don't ask me any questions because I'm not gonna know what's going on, but I wanna look at this. All right, next up is a documentary I have recommended before, but I am going to be interviewing one of the attorneys who was involved in the case representing Wade Robson. Wade Robson is one of the victims of Michael Jackson. I believe it was maybe 2020, maybe it was even 2019. The documentary came out called Leaving Neverland. Now, trigger warning before you watch this, it's obviously something you don't want to watch with the kids, but it really does. This is a documentary, if you can handle the topic, where you're you're just going to see how this happened and you're going to hear the stories from all these victims and understand the, the grooming, the manipulation, how these predators are often the most beloved in the community 
where parents will eagerly hand their children over to these individuals. And one of the attorneys who is involved in representing Wade Robson is going to be on my show on Monday. And she's a badass. I love her. Her name is Sarah Klein. And so I just think like over the weekend, it might be interesting for you to rewatch that if you didn't watch it the first time. It's going to give you, unfortunately, a very different opinion on Michael Jackson if you've wondered, you've heard the rumors and you thought, I wonder if that's true or if people are just saying that. Personally, I don't know anyone who has watched this documentary and left feeling conflicted. I think you'll watch this and my personal opinion is you're either in complete denial because it's just too disgusting and too painful to believe that someone who we all revered, someone who was such a part of our childhood, someone who we, we just all loved and who we all believed loved children could actually be such a child predator. And he's a predator. It's super heavy. So... But it's, I don't know. Sometimes I love a heavy documentary. I just do. I know. Brett is like, he has to be in the right mood. He always reminds me like, please, nothing heavy right before we go to bed. So this might be a better watch on like a Saturday afternoon. I just think it would be interesting to revisit it. Or if you never saw it, it might be interesting to watch it before Monday's podcast with Sarah. I got a couple more. All right. This one is a maybe. It's the documentary about Kanye. And it, it's not what you think. So if you're like, ew, Kanye, gross, he's harassing his wife right now or whatever it is you think, it does really shed some light on his mental health. And that's the one thing that I found really fascinating is that I assume he was a co-producer on this, that he didn't need for it to make him look a certain way. Like you really get a sense of who he is. It's a three-part documentary, and it's a pretty fascinating look because he had this guy, this friend of his named Cootie, who basically followed him from the moment they met. I think he was like, you know, in 1998. And he has followed him for like 20 years and filmed like everything. So you really do see his evolution. You see his early days. You see his relationship with his mom. You see all the controversies. You see the highs and lows of his mental health. You see the highs and lows of his career. And for those of you who are, you know, hip hop fans, you're going to love it. If you're not really a hip hop fan, those first couple of episodes, you might not be, maybe you won't be into it at all if you're not a hip hop fan. But if you're, if you're someone who loves music and loves art and you love to see like behind the scenes and see people's early days. And I just, I love musical genius. I find it so fascinating. And I do think he is a Personally, I think he's a musical genius. Some of you are like, what? I don't see it, but I do. And he is having a major mental health struggle. You see his relationship with his mother. Then she passes. You see very clearly that he takes no time to grieve. They just keeps pushing forward and that that's never been processed, which might, you know, they don't draw the conclusions for you. But as a viewer, you can't help but watch his unraveling and recognize that he didn't have proper care. He wasn't given the space or didn't maybe take the space to attend to his mental health. It was like, I'm just gonna continually pour myself into my career. I'm gonna use all these ways where I can try to control the world by controlling my empire. It's interesting. You're gonna draw some of your own conclusions. What I thought was most fascinating is at the end, you really watch him spiral 
downward. And the whole documentary is narrated by Cootie, his friend. His voice becomes kind of the voice of reason. I think it was really well done. Again, the first couple of episodes, kind of slow. But if you have ADD, you can kind of look away. You can have some doing something in the background and you're not going to miss anything, if you know what I mean. But the last episode, it's three episodes long and they're each like 90 minutes, I would say. And again, that was on Netflix. All right. This one is on my soon to watch. I haven't watched it yet, but I've had so many of my friends and people who I really trust them because they always give great recommendations, suggest the documentary about Bill Cosby. Again, heavy topic. Boy, I really have a theme here, don't I? All right. Well, this one is interesting because it takes a very thoughtful, searing examination of Bill Cosby's path from pop culture hero to accused serial rapist. And much like leaving Neverland, I assume that when you watch this, you're going to want to ask yourself if it's possible to separate the art from the artist when you know the artist is a monster. So the show is called We Need to Talk About Cosby. It's on Showtime. It's four episodes. They're an hour each. I have not yet watched it myself, but it comes highly recommended. Next up is The Secrets of Playboy. Now, obviously, this is another one you're probably not going to want to watch with the kids in the room. And there's some controversy here. I think some people feel like, gosh, you know, these women, they chose a lifestyle. The relationship was mutually beneficial. They didn't have to work. They were famous celebrities, blah, blah, blah. I completely disagree, especially after watching this. Hugh Hefner did an amazing job of selling himself as this friendly, charming, delightful playboy for life who just did incredible things for charity, etc. <laughs> he was gross. So gross. This is an in-depth series, man. They go back and they interview like every person who worked for him, drivers, cooks, chefs, house staff, girlfriends from 40 years ago, people who worked in the, they had these Playboy clubs, women who were Playboy bunnies in those Playboy clubs, his girlfriends. Oh my gosh, the amount of abuse and cover-up that took place. And, and again, Hollywood. Hollywood is so gross. Hollywood is so gross. His whole inner circle were these wealthy Hollywood sexual predators who were all taking advantage of young women. Now, I get that that was a different time and a different ideology, but there were still just some horrific things that happened to these women. It's very interesting how they filmed each episode, too. So, like, one episode might have been all about the girls who were in the mansion. And then the next episode might have been about the drug connection. And then the next episode might have been just about the the bunny clubs and the abuse and crazy things were happening there. So like each episode, take on a different salacious topic. And trust me, there's a lot. I also really loved The Eyes of Tammy, which is about Tammy Faye Baker. I can't even tell you how much I loved this one. I loved it so much more than I expected. It was super well-written, in my opinion. I think the makeup and costumes were absolutely perfect. I mean, if you lived through that time as I did, I was just like, oh, I had that outfit. I remember watching this. Oh my gosh, I remember seeing this. Like so many of the pieces of the news and I just, there's so many unexpected funny parts 
in so it's it's a documentary about their lives, but it's played by actors and actresses, obviously, because Tammy Faye Baker has has passed. And there's no like interviews or anything like that. Jessica Chastain, like she completely transforms herself into Tammy Faye Baker. Her looks, her voice, her mood, her mannerisms, like that is exactly how I remember Tammy Faye. And even though like everyone made fun of her, you really get a sense that she was such a likable, sweet person. I just found it super entertaining, very funny in certain areas, areas where you weren't expecting to think it was funny. And, you know, it really follows a time in the 70s and 80s where these mega churches and these churches that were all about being on TV and telling their parishioners, like, if you send in more money, you'll win God's favor. But it goes all the way back to Jim Baker's, like, early beginnings and you see the two of them fall in love and it's it's just so cute and so sweet in the beginning and then you just see what happens when people get corrupted by money and power and I remember living through that I remember her being the butt of everyone's jokes I mean they made fun of her on SNL like everyone made fun of her but he was the bad guy and I really feel like this movie does her a great service She's the hero. She's super likable. But yet it, it's, it doesn't feel like it was sensationalized. It feels like it was real. And you felt, when I finished watching it, I felt like I got the real story. If you enjoyed this show, please don't forget to make sure you are subscribed and following along. The Shaleen Show is available on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and most every podcast app. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave a five-star review and tell us specifically what you enjoyed. We'd love to know. The Shaleen Show is released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. For Tuesdays and Thursdays, be sure to follow and subscribe to Shaleen's other podcast, Build Your Tribe, which she co-hosts with her son, Brock Johnson. It's all about business, social media, and marketing, and devoted to helping you make more money and live more life. Links to anything referenced in today's episode, as well as show sponsors and other podcasts, can be found below in our show notes. 